Hello, everybody. This is Rob Pass, the host of the podcast. This week, we'll be hearing a replay of episode 148 with Dr. Vincent J. Gonzalez of Texas Children's Hospital on the concept or the issue of mental health amongst patients with congenital heart disease. I hope everybody enjoys this replay of a very important topic. PD Heart, Pediatric Cardiology Today. My name is Dr. Robert Pass, and I'm the host of this program. I am professor of pediatrics at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, where I am the chief of pediatric cardiology. Thank you for joining me this week for our 148th episode of the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed last week's episode on the topic of the Fontan. We spoke with Professor Mark Gwillig of University Hospitals in Leuven, Belgium, and Dr. Gwillig provided a wonderful framework for us to better understand the physiology of Fontans, which may help inform therapies going forward. For those of you with an interest in single ventricles and Fontan physiology, I would recommend you take a listen to last week's episode, 147. As I say every week, if you'd like to get in touch with me, it's easy to remember my email. It's pdhart at gmail.com. This week, we move on to the world of psychiatric disorders as they are affecting patients with congenital heart disease. The title of the work we'll be reviewing is Mental Health Disorders in Children with Congenital Heart Disease. The first author of this work is Vincent J. Gonzalez, and the senior author is Kayla Lopez, and this work comes to us from the Department of Pediatrics at Texas Children's Hospital. When we're done reviewing this paper... Dr. Vincent Gonzalez, who is a cardiology fellow at Texas Children's Hospital, has agreed to speak with us about this work. Therefore, let's move straight on to the article and then our conversation with Dr. Gonzalez. This week's work begins with some comments about the notion that as we are getting better and better at saving the lives of patients, even with complex heart disease, we probably ought to be more interested in the non-cardiac comorbidities, including overall mental health in the congenital heart patient. The investigators then review the many different psychological theories that might explain why congenital heart patients may have mental health disorders, and these include such things as the stressful lives they have, the stressful lives of the parents and the impact therein, the notion of learned helplessness or negative information processing, underlying genetic syndromes, parental mental health problems, prematurity, cardiopulmonary bypass runs, and of course prolonged hospitalizations. All of these are likely possible factors in the development of neurodevelopmental disabilities, and these can contribute to anxiety, depression, and ADHD. And studies have shown that 50 to 70% of children with complex congenital heart disease are affected by neurodevelopmental disabilities. Despite all of these facts, the authors bemoan the fact that there is minimal literature examining the treatment of these disorders in young patients with simple, non-complex congenital heart disease. And so the authors state, and I quote, the purpose of this study was to determine the prevalence of anxiety, depression, and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in children with congenital heart disease and compare them to youth without congenital heart disease. We hypothesized that the prevalence of these conditions would likely be higher in youth with congenital heart disease compared with patients without congenital heart disease, and that patients with complex disease would have higher rates of all of these serious issues when compared to those with simple heart disease. For this study, the authors reviewed any child age 4 to 17 who was either seen in the emergency department or inpatient arena at Texas Children's Hospital from 2011 to 2016. 
the age of four was chosen as a cutoff as the youngest age for the diagnosis of these different psychiatric issues because it is hard to make the diagnosis below this age. The primary outcome variable was a diagnosis or treatment with a medication for anxiety and or depression, ADHD, or both. Since this was a retrospective work and since the medications used to treat both depression and anxiety are largely the same, the authors collapsed the two diagnoses as the absolute reason for medication use could not be reliably determined from the data. The primary predictor variable was if the child had a diagnosis of congenital heart disease, and the authors used the ACHD criteria of complexity of simple, complex non-single ventricle, and complex single ventricle for the three categories of congenital heart disease. The authors also reviewed sociodemographic data as secondary predictor variables. And on to the results. In the time period, there were 118,785 unique patients identified, and of these, 1,164 had congenital heart disease. As an aside, I always like it when reviewing papers like this, when things make sense, and we know that the general prevalence of congenital heart disease in the population is about 1%. And so perhaps somewhat naively, when I see that the overall general data match what we believe to be true, it somehow gives me more confidence in the entire paper. The majority of the congenital heart disease was simple, constituting 48%, or complex non-single ventricle, about 47%. In the 4- to 9-year-olds, those with congenital heart disease were more likely to have psychiatric illness, 61% versus 54%. They were more male-predominant, 57% versus 52%, and a higher percentage were non-Hispanic whites, 39% versus 25%. Finally, those diagnosed with mental health issues were more likely privately insured, 49% versus 39%. When assessing things by diagnosis, the authors clearly demonstrated that overall, children with congenital heart disease had a significantly higher prevalence of anxiety and or depression, 18% versus 5%, and ADHD, 5% for the congenital heart patients versus 2%, and this was true in any age range that they looked at throughout the time sequence they were studying. Using a logistic regression model, the authors demonstrated clearly that compared to children without congenital heart disease, those with congenital heart disease had a four to five times odds of diagnosis or treatment for anxiety and or depression, and 1.6 to 2.7 times the odds of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. The authors also made a very important observation, which was that if you were non-Hispanic black, Hispanic, or an Asian American with congenital heart disease, you were between 33% and 52% less likely to be diagnosed or treated for anxiety and or depression. Similarly, these minority groups were also between 45% and 86% less likely to be diagnosed or treated for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And this was true even when controlling for insurance type. Interestingly, public insurance was generally associated with higher odds of being diagnosed and treated for ADHD compared to private insurance or self-pay. In their discussion, the authors state, and I quote, The results of our study demonstrate that patients with congenital heart disease, regardless of age or disease severity, appear to have a significantly higher burden of anxiety and or depression and ADHD when compared with peers without congenital heart disease. Our study adds significantly to the body of mental health and congenital heart disease literature because there are no studies that include an assessment of anxiety and or depression and ADHD in young children or those with simple congenital heart disease. 
Our findings are consistent with current data in adolescents with complex congenital heart disease, which reveal an increase in anxiety symptoms, as well as studies in literature suggesting an increased prevalence of anxiety, depression, and ADHD in adolescents with congenital heart disease. These findings also correlate with limited data in children with other chronic illnesses, such as asthma or sickle cell disease, which suggest an increase in mental health disorders compared with their peers. The investigators explain that there is very little literature presently examining anxiety or depression in patients with congenital heart disease less than 10 years of age, and they emphasize how this work has demonstrated that young kids with any degree of congenital heart disease are at an elevated risk for anxiety and depression, and we likely ought to be screening all congenital heart disease patients for mental illness, even at young age, something we have been mostly neglecting. They contrast the 16% prevalence of mental health issues in this patient group to the previously published data for patients 2 to 11 of 3 to 7%. The authors then ponder the reasons for this elevated rate of mental illness in the congenital heart patient and review again many of the factors that we reviewed previously in this podcast. The authors also reemphasize how even adolescents in this work with simple forms of congenital heart disease had a double odds ratio of anxiety or depression compared to kids without congenital heart disease, and how this is a novel observation worthy of consideration in the routine care of patients of this nature. The authors then address the findings that there was a lower odds ratio of diagnosis or treatment of depression or anxiety amongst non-Hispanic black, Hispanic, and Asian American patients as compared to their white peers. They point to possible disparities to access to mental health services for minority children, and also speak of cultural differences or stigma surrounding anxiety and depression amongst certain racial and ethnic groups, which may affect the percentage seeking care for these problems. The authors speak about how these findings would seem to argue for more aggressive screening of the congenital heart disease patient for these problems. In regards to ADHD, it's interesting that although the authors found higher prevalence amongst congenital heart patients, the overall prevalence in this study was lower than prior reports in the general population, and they believe that this may be related to a general reduced prevalence of treatment of ADHD in Houston, Texas. They re-emphasized the findings that there was a decreased odds of diagnosis and or treatment of anxiety, depression, and ADHD across all age groups for patients without insurance, and they say that this is not surprising given the cost of mental health treatment. And so they conclude, Our study demonstrates significantly increased odds of anxiety and or depression and ADHD in all youth with congenital heart disease, regardless of disease severity. In particular, we provide novel insight into mental health disorders in children aged 4 to 9 years, as well as those with simple congenital heart disease. With these findings, we emphasize the importance of potential screening for anxiety, depression, and or ADHD at young age in patients with congenital heart disease, regardless of disease severity. Furthermore, these data underscore the importance of recognizing potential racial or ethnic bias in diagnosing mental health in children with congenital heart disease, as well as enabling insurance coverage for treating these disorders. In the future, researchers should examine if these findings are specific to patients with congenital heart disease versus other childhood chronic illnesses and investigate earlier mental health interventions to reduce the burden of anxiety, depression, and ADHD in the population of individuals with congenital heart disease. Well, once again, another wonderful addition to the literature from Dr. Lopez and the team at Texas Children's on a very critical topic of mental health, a topic which we have previously reviewed on this podcast. 
This work adds significantly to our literature in that it highlights that this is a problem even at young age and even amongst children with forms of heart disease that most of us would think are minor. Imagine that the prevalence of mental health issues was 18.2% in congenital heart patients in this study, but only 5% in those without congenital heart disease. This is a noteworthy and substantial difference, and this work hammers this point home to us. There are a few questions that come to mind as I finished reading this. For one, I'm interested to explore more the question of why it is that the authors believe that patients with public insurance were more likely to be diagnosed and treated for ADHD compared to private insurance, and how they square that observation with the other observation that non-white patients were less likely to be diagnosed or treated. I wonder, too, if the group in Texas is using these data to inform new approaches to their pediatric cardiology general care. Are there, for example, now psychiatrists or psychologists seeing all of these patients in clinic with any degree of regularity? What do they believe is the right next step now that we have these important data? Well, that's a lot to review, and so I think we should move forward to our conversation with the first author of this work, Pediatric Cardiology Fellow at Texas Children's Hospital, Dr. Vincent J. Gonzalez. Joining us now to discuss this work is Vincent J. Gonzalez. Dr. Gonzalez obtained a master's degree in biomedical science from Tufts University and then attended medical school at Ohio State University. He then completed internal medicine and pediatric residency at UNC in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and he's presently a cardiology fellow at Texas Children's Hospital and is about to start next year a two-year fellowship in adult congenital heart disease, also at Texas Children's Hospital. It is a pleasure to have an up-and-coming superstar on the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Gonzalez. All right, I'm here now with Vincent J. Gonzalez. Dr. Gonzalez, thank you very much for joining us this week on the podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Pass. Really, pleasure to be here. A real pleasure to have you, and I appreciate your making time. I know fellowship's a busy time for everybody. Vincent, very much enjoyed this work, very important, and really there are a lot of important findings in your work. And sometimes I like to ask authors if you might be able to share with the audience what you believe are maybe two or three of the most important observations that you made with your colleagues in this work. Thank you. I, I definitely appreciate the opportunity, and I think we're, we're highlighting some important issues in the field of congenital cardiology. Uh, I think <clears throat> a few of the most important takeaways from our work are the findings regarding our younger patient population, those with any type of heart defect, and then the minority and uninsured populations as well. Our study brings to light issues, I think, that have been identified in adults with congenital heart disease, uh, and we are now showing that those younger pre-adolescent children with heart defects also appear to have a significantly higher odds of anxiety, depression, and ADHD. Additionally, uh, the showing that the diagnosis and treatment of these disorders, not only in complex heart defects, but those with uh, any type of heart defect, including those single, uh, simple and non-single ventricle disease. This raises the question, obviously, of, you know, do those born with heart disease have an inherent increased risk of developing these mental health conditions, or do they do so as a result of these interventions, hospitalizations, and so on that they've gone through over the course of their lives? Finally, I think that the import, it's, it's very important for uh, our work to highlight the findings regarding minority and uninsured children in that these groups appear to be significantly less likely to be diagnosed or treated for anxiety, depression, or ADHD compared to their non-Hispanic white peers. Yes. And this is despite the fact, uh, as you know, that the estimated prevalence of these disorders is thought to be similar uh, among children in the U.S. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a great summary. Thank you very much. 
Uh, you know, uh, Vince, you've shown that being a non-white patient with congenital heart disease is associated with a lower chance of being diagnosed with mental health illness, as you just said. But interestingly, I thought patients who had public insurance, like Medicaid, were actually more likely to be so diagnosed, and I kind of mm-hmm. thought the two might be at least shared, there'd be at least some overlap in those two groups. Sure. I'm wondering if you could help us better understand what seems like it may be a little bit of a confusing paradox. What am I not understanding about this? <clears throat> yes, I agree. You know, on that initial impression, it does, it does seem like a paradox. However, this also assumes that the majority of our Medicaid patients are non-Hispanic black or Hispanic. When you look at the breakdown in demographics uh, of patients covered by Medicaid in Texas, the 2015 data uh, showed that only 15% of our Medicaid patients were African-American, whereas 51% were Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Thus, those non- that non-Hispanic black population is likely not being represented in our Medicaid numbers. With respect to the Hispanic population, uh, Medicaid should provide mental health coverage for this group. Uh, however, as, as you know, these patients are often faced with language barriers, complex paperwork, poor health literacy, and cultural stigma that may limit their ability or willingness to seek out these mental health services. This may in part, you know, help explain, I guess, the, the lower diagnosis rates seen in a minority populations contrasted with the increased diagnosis rates in the Medicaid group. I see. Well, that's very, very reasonable suggestion, and I, I very much enjoyed some of your comments about that point in your discussion. You know, you've clearly shown us that no matter the heart problem, uh, mental health problems are more common amongst children who have congenital heart disease. I was wondering, based on your findings, what do you believe that we should be practically doing in pediatric cardiology practice when we're caring for patients with congenital heart disease to screen them for psychiatric illness? I mean, you've really highlighted very nicely how important a problem and significant a problem this is. So what would be your initial recommendations in this regard? Yes, thank you. I think this really gets to the heart of the matter, so to speak. What do we do with this information? Uh, some of the practical uh, that I think we can all take back to clinics is just merely starting a conversation with parents at an earlier age in that typical adolescent uh, screening period for anxiety or depression. I feel like this can probably lead to earlier identification and referral of these at-risk patients. Yes. We know that parents with congenital heart disease also have an increased rates of anxiety and depression themselves, and I feel that it, just opening that door for them to share their experiences in addition to kind of having that higher index of suspicion for their children can engender trust and improve mental health outcomes. Mm -hmm. I know, obviously, we're all very busy in our cardiology clinics and that this can sometimes maybe lead to a more prolonged visit. However, I feel like as cardiologists, we give so much time to the medical, interventional, surgical management of our patients that it would be prudent to address their mental health uh, and not doing so would be a disservice. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's certainly true, particularly given what a high prevalence of psychiatric disorders you were able to identify. Well, sure. uh, Vince, it's uh, it's getting late for a fellow here, and uh, probably, well, for me it's late, for you probably starting of the evening. But uh, <laughs> I'll finish up this interview by just asking you, based on these findings, are you and Dr. Lopez and the team planning to pursue more research on this topic? And I was wondering if so, What are what's the next steps in terms of your research? research on this very interesting and probably very underserved topic in pediatric cardiology. 
Yes, sir. Thank you for that question. We are currently examining the mental health disorders in the population of pediatric patients with arrhythmias, uh, which we've excluded from this initial study. Yeah. Uh, we do know, obviously, that the those with implantable defibrillators are at increased risk for negative impacts on their quality of life, and our, our suspicion is that that uh, is likely true in uh, arrhythmias as well. Yeah. Uh, we're also looking at the impact of poverty, and that's effect on anxiety, depression, and ADHD on our congenital heart disease population. Uh, in addition, comparing uh, our congenital heart patients to those with other lifelong chronic conditions, such as sickle cell disease uh, and cystic fibrosis. Yeah, I actually thought that was a very important point that you guys raised in the discussion, which was how different are these findings versus other types of chronic illnesses that children can have. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're looking into this because it would be interesting to know if something about having congenital heart disease mm-hmm. was perhaps even more of a problem in regards to psychiatric or psychological problems. Well, Dr. Gonzalez, I uh, can't thank you enough for your help uh, in helping us uh, flesh out this uh, wonderful paper. For those in the audience, uh, Vince is going to become an adult congenital heart fellow at Texas Children's uh, this coming year. And um, so uh, I want to wish you, congratulate you on that and congratulate you. you and Dr. Lopez and all of the different authors of this paper on a really important and insightful work. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Pass. It really was a pleasure to be here, and I couldn't have done any of this work without my my co-authors and especially my mentor, Dr. Lopez, so I just want to say that. Great pleasure to have you. Thank you. Well, I think you'll agree that this was a great interview, and Dr. Gonzalez really nicely distilled for us what he believed were the important takeaways of this week's work, including the important observation of psychiatric problems amongst the young, which previously was only really well-established in the adolescent population as well as the impact of being a minority or underinsured patient on these diagnoses and the likelihood of being properly evaluated or treated. I thought it interesting that the group is presently studying the impact of arrhythmia on psychiatric illness and wonder if this might be yet another rationale for us to be maybe a bit more aggressive in curing patients via ablation. But clearly we're going to need to wait and see these data, which I'm sure the machine that is Kayla Lopez et al. will provide us in the near future. I am most appreciative to Dr. Gonzalez for providing us with great insight this week, and it was a great pleasure to meet him as well. To conclude this replay of episode 148 of PD Heart Pediatric Cardiology Today, which comes to us from 2020, we'll hear the wonderful Clara Schumann song, Liebs du um Schönheit, which translates, If You Love for Beauty, and is based on a poem by Rukert, and is sung in this recording by Antonio Poli, a tenor from Italy. The words of this lovely song are so beautiful about love, and I well remember how my best friend, Dr. Bradley Artell, once recited them to his new wife on his wedding day. Thank you very much for joining us for this replay of 148, and thanks once again to Dr. Gonzalez. I'll see you all next week with a brand new episode.
Mishli. 